The Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life for the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare pronounced to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins, he pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 67, page 418. God be merciful unto us, and bless us and show us the light of his countenance, and be merciful unto us. That thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise thee, O God, yea, let all the peoples praise thee. O let the nations rejoice and be glad, for thou shalt judge the folk righteously, and govern the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise thee, O God, yea, let all the peoples praise thee. Then shall the earth bring forth her increase, and God, even our own God, shall give us blessing. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the world shall fear him. Psalm 138 on page 513. I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. Even before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name because of thy loving kindness and truth. For thou hast magnified thy name and thy word above all things. When I called upon thee, thou heardest me, and endurest my soul with much strength. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, for they have heard the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, 
that great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. As for the proud, he beholdeth them afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, yet shalt thou refresh me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand upon the furiousness of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord shall make good his loving kindness toward me. Yea, thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Despise not then the works of thine own hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fourth verse of the book of Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. Then said I, O oh Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth, for you shall go unto all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull up, pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 26th chapter of the book of the Acts. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things which I am accused of by the Jews especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which it was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They knew me from the first, if they were willing to testify, that according to the strictest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee, and now I stand and am judged before the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our twelve tribes earnestly serve God night and day, 
hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be through incredibly thought incredible by you that God raised, raises the dead? Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. While thus occupied as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me, and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I know sent you to open the eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand witness both to small and great, saying that no other thing than those which the prophets and Moses would have come that the Christ should suffer and that he should be the first to raise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now let us thou, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to light in the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people, Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who through the preaching of the blessed Apostle St. Paul has caused the light of the gospel to shine throughout the world, grant, we beseech thee, that we, having his wonderful conversion in remembrance, may show forth our thankfulness unto thee for the same, by following the holy doctrine which he taught through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities, and in all our dangers and necessities stretch forth thy right hand to help and defend us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So our Lessons this evening on the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul seem to, for obvious reasons, have the intention to get us thinking about and reflecting on calling, on vocation, as we hear about both Jeremiah's call and then Paul's own rendering of his call before Agrippa in Acts chapter 26. With Jeremiah, we see that he felt um, in a culture that largely valued the wisdom and the direction, the counsel of the elderly, he felt disqualified to proceed with his vocation because of his youth. Paul's disqualification didn't have to do with his youth. Uh, Paul's disqualifications had to do more with his previous sins, um, primarily, obviously, in persecuting Christians. But what we see here, and I think the point is, which is the first point for reflection with vocation, is that God calls us in spite of ourselves. So in spite of our own limitations, in spite of even our sinfulness and what we have done in the past, God still calls us as his people to do his work. I think our calling might not look like, I think maybe we could even say that it probably won't look like Jeremiah's call or Paul's call. Uh, perhaps it's just culturally shaped and culturally formed, but we tend to favor and look for the kind of more ecstatic, more kind of charismatic type of calling, sitting around waiting for a vision or waiting for a word. But it seems pretty clear to me that these are extraordinary cases. And I'll admit that I'm always a little bit wary and always a little bit hesitant when people say that they're waiting for that kind of a thing. 
The point's not that it doesn't happen. It's very clear in the Bible and the history of the church that God does do that. He does work in that way, but it's clearly not the ordinary way in which he places a vocation or a calling on somebody's heart. Um, I think we could even go as far as to say that it seems like in most cases, God does not explicitly tell us what to do. We're honest. God does not often seem to come and give us the words explicitly what it is that we're supposed to do. So perhaps um, the primary image here should be that of uh, parents with their children in the sense that the goal of parenting is not to, in perpetuity, be telling your children explicitly what they should do. It's rather than to form them into certain kind of people, uh, inculcate in them certain values so they would be formed a certain way, their heart would be shaped a certain way. And then out of that formation, in faithfulness and in consultation with their desires, that they would move forward in what it is that they believe that they're supposed to do. Now, I feel like there's there's probably so much more that we could talk about here, and there's not a lot of time for it. But I think the point is, is that um, vocation is something that requires discernment. It's something that we should not be hasty with. We should recognize it's a serious thing and that God is indeed calling us to particular things. Um, but it's often complex and nuanced and we should be attentive to it. Uh, and we should, I think really importantly as well, we should discern our vocations, discern our callings in community. Uh, priest, spiritual director, friend in the community of the church is typically how these things uh, seem to work out the best. So then a, a final point, I think, to reflect on here with both Jeremiah's call and then also with Paul's call. We could say this is maybe even one of Paul's emphases as he's giving his defense before Agrippa. Um, and that is, it's obedience to the call. It sounds like a simple point, but it's a super important, important point. Obedience to the call. So God says to Jeremiah, uh, after our lesson ends, he says, okay, now you dress yourself for work, get up and say to them everything I command you to. And then Paul emphasizes in response to his call in terms of what Jesus did to him, he says, I was not disobedient to this heavenly vision. The point with vocation is that God calls us. He places a vocation on our hearts um, and it's 100% his doing. That's what we learn both from Jeremiah and from Paul. It's 100% his doing. It's his foreknowledge. It's his preordination. But that doesn't mean that things will just kind of go automatically for us. He calls us, he gives us a vocation, but then he asks a lot of us. And this often looks like things that are difficult. It looks like trials, it looks like tribulations, difficulties, sufferings. Obedience would not be required if it, it were easy. <laughs> Obedience presumes and assumes that there's going to be difficulty. And so we need to be prepared for that. And we need to remember that the proper response always then to the calling of the Lord is obedience and faithfulness. And the Bible seems to make it very clear that we will have to give an account for this, that we will be held accountable to that which was revealed to us and how we ultimately responded to God's call on our lives. So we'll continue now, as always, with our intercession on page 590. And take a second call to mind those you're praying for.
Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. And may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you, Father Kevin. Great points. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Father Kevin. Good night, everybody.